0: LightSource is available free of charge through StudioLighting.net. You can support LightSource by visiting SupportLightSource.com. There you can donate through the tip jar, purchase a lighting DVD, get a discount on website hosting through Squarespace.com, or you can visit our affiliate links for Adorama or Amazon.com, where you can shop for camera gear or photography books, and a portion of those proceeds will help support LightSource.
1: Hello, my name is Brenty Shazer. I'm a designer portrait artist in Topeka, Kansas, and you're listening to LightSource.
2: And welcome to episode 90 of Light Source, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net, website introducing torture photographers to studio and lighting equipment and techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And
0: I'm Ed Hidden Exclusive Photographer with iStockphoto.com. On today's episode, we have an interview uh, with portrait photographer Brent DeShazer. Uh, you can follow along on his website at deShazerstudios.com. It's D E S H uh, A Z E R studios.com. Um, he is a portrait photographer, looks like he uh, mostly focuses on seniors. Uh, he's based out of Topeka, Kansas, has a really interesting website um, kind of built around the blog. So it's very, very image heavy. Um, lots of really, really great portraits. And he has some really cool marketing techniques that he shares with us to, uh, kind of show what he does to set himself apart in his marketing and kind of provide a little bit of a unique product for people.
2: Yeah. This is a really practical episode for guys that are doing portrait photography for a living, I think.
0: Yeah, certainly. And it's, it's always good to, To hear people that have different ideas and and make themselves a bit unique. I believe I remember him talking about quoting Seth Godin in the Purple Cow book. And uh, it's always cool to to see someone that's actually taking something like that and and put it into practice. And even though you kind of rack your brain so many times to try and come up with different things to set yourself apart, he's really done a great job of doing that and kind of give you some ideas to get your creative juices going about what you can do to make yourself unique in your market. Absolutely. Certainly, yeah get your uh, New year's resolutions set up so you can you know figure out what you want to do differently for your photography this year and uh, kind of go from there a little inspiration <laughs> there's a, a lot of stuff going on around uh, around the net it seems uh, it seems like everybody's talking about photography stuff there was one website that I had been stumbled on I, I love the website psdtuts.com. they have some really really great Photoshop tutorials on how to create different effects and stuff they've always had a network of different Things where they've had a vector site, and they've had a a video site, and an After Effects site. Well, they've added a photo site to it as well. Nice. Which is uh, photo.tutsplus.com, T-U-T-S plus dot com. The the word plus, P-L-U-S dot com. So that will get you to it. It, It's kind of along the lines of a lot of the design sites where they um, do a lot of inspirational posts, where they have like you know 40 inspirational black and white photos, or... Um, how to design a photo collage card, um, which actually links through some really good templates that I had downloaded that I plan to
2: play with a little bit more. Uh, Um, It looks like a pretty cool blog. Photography and post-processing tutorials from beginner to advanced. It's it's a really great network and uh, a good site to check out. There's one there called Recreating a Professional Studio Lighting Effect. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I was reading that one. That one's pretty good. And this will be another resource.
0: Cool. While we're still on the lines of inspiration... Zach Arias had a really cool blog post the other, uh, I guess it was December 14th. He had it, uh, he called it a foggy, uh, Goya shootout. I'm going to guess that's how they're going to pronounce. Maybe it's Goya, G O Y A shootout. (laughs) It's an an acronym, right? It's an acronym for get off your arse. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's actually what it says on his blog. It's arse. So he didn't want to, he didn't want to swear. Um, but it's a, it's always a great motto uh, where you come up with different you know, challenges to kind of push yourself a little bit and uh, expand your creativity. So basically, they had four photographers, um, his business manager himself, an intern, and his 10-year-old son. Nice. And they went out for an hour shoot in the fog, decided they each came up with the best five images from the shoot, and put them on the blog with photographer A, B, and C no names, and asked people to comment who they thought was basically to vote on the best photographer and the best image of the shoot. And then they picked um, the photographer with the most votes, got a $50 gift card, and some other prizes were up for grabs. That's super so great. the votes were in. I put my vote somewhere around, I thought it was pretty darn close, but I, I gave uh, photographer B a slight edge. And it turns out photographer B was Zach. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it looks like he had a lot of votes. He won with two hundred ninety-four votes to uh, the business manager coming in second
2: with ninety-nine. That's excellent. So yeah, are, he, are they going to be doing this like you know other times? Because it, it seems I, like a great way to to make sure that you get yourself out there.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to be doing it. Uh, some more or not, but I think it would be a great idea to do that for a photo, uh, a photo walk.
2: A photo walk. Absolutely. Yeah. So,
0: that would be great just to open it up to uh, you could have a, an in uh, you know, a walk participant competition and then a, you know, open it up on a blog to. Sure. Yeah. You know, internet voting as well. And I, I'm sure there's got to be an easier way to do it. <laughs> right. Than counting all of these. reading um, the comments yeah uh, my mind is reeling already with different ways to do it maybe uh maybe using like a service like woofoo.com or something like that sure so when we when we get uh when we g o y a and actually do this we'll have to uh enlist the help of a website like that
2: that's a great idea i mean it's not for everybody but it's certainly a way for the for the people that like to be motivated you know competition during, always right? Right. competition you know, always so. gets people's people motivated and that's always a good way to do it. And it's fun, cool. yeah. You know, if you do it in in good
0: nature and not, you know, that it's like everyone's out to to you know to, to squash the next person and right. you know just make it fun. That's the important part. So.
2: No looking at the back of my camera. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a great idea. I'm gonna. What lens did you use? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we have a couple other things too that we noticed. I've actually been since um, I bought the um, radio poppers. I ended up getting the little strobe kit plug in a radio popper into a a speed light and just trigger it manually with the with the uh with the radio popper setup and i'm i'm really starting to get the whole strobus phenomenon with using a a, a wireless thing i i have always been the the studio guy and sticking my um you know i've had a space to work in it's always been really easy to just use my alien bees because they were there and they were set up and right but now that I'm doing a, a lot more portable stuff, I've been, I'm really getting into the whole Strobus thing and really getting the, the whole point to, uh, um, mobility. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, to well, it out, instance, right? yeah. Well, I was at uh work the other day and I was, had to, um, do some portraits of one of the executives that was working in the warehouse for the holiday season. So I was kind of following him around with, um, you know, with the camera and I, it's a warehouse so I wasn't going to have good lighting so I, I knew I needed something supplemental and I've gone over there before and I've used alien bees but I've been doing decent you know doing a full setup right this was going to be kind of running gun. I, yeah, exactly De- definitely a lot of running gun stuff so I put a speed light and a radio popper on a light stand with an umbrella and when we moved locations all I had to do is just grab the light stand and take a walk and we stop in a section just boom like stand down start shooting again
2: excellent and that yeah. that that's the huge advantage i think to a lot of the the smaller strobes setups you just you're going to get into more places i really appreciated the way that um david tahara talked to us about that the second time he came on the show because he was basically saying i'm not abandoning my my traditional setups but there's just times when it's easier and uh and you'd pull it out more often having the uh, opportunity to do that with smaller lights and
0: i'm surprised around the
2: house here too like when i was doing
0: our um our christmas card portraits it it was just so much easier having you know my little i had a small tripod bag that i had my light stand with my umbrella in and it was just so much easier to just go well i'll just set this up yeah and i was set up i was shooting and probably was done in the time I would have been till I started shooting had I pulled out all my my strobe gear. Nice.
2: Well, yeah, I, because I had the opposite experience photographing all of all of my family. I had <laughs> I did I pulled out a, a large um, octabox and light stands and had a uh, you know it took it took some time to set up. Then I had wires everywhere and I ended up having you know kids running around and, and it's, just, it's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so.
0: I, I, sometimes it sometimes the uh the the running gun method is even better than um than just portability sometimes it's a it's good
2: for speed it's just more appropriate too yeah well that's cool um uh, actually all the talk that you're doing about about your uh wireless triggers is, is got me seriously close to purchasing a set of my own so i'm sure we'll have more stories to, to, to share about radio poppers
0: oh cool well, I, you know, I also want to throw in that I'm not abandoning um, my Alien Bee setup by any means. I, I still love shooting with that, and um, I actually have to give a big kudos to, to Alien Bees. Um, you, you remember my light stand that I had that was starting to, to crack a little bit at mm, the one yeah. the fixture? I had sent him an email and said and basically I took a picture with my iPhone and I said, this part right here that I'm pointing to, can I get that? And I got an email back from them and that's, and they said, Oh yeah, that's a, that's a collar, whatever the the name of the part was. And they said, um, yeah, that's not a problem. Um, they've already looked up my address. They said, I think this is where, you know, this is the last address that we have for you. Um, it's already in a, in a package. Just let me know if that's where it needs to be sent. That's awesome. I was just, I I was so impressed with that level of, anytime a company has that level of customer service that, you know, they don't, you know, they already anticipate the next couple questions. I questions. I, that's just too cool. I, I love how to do that.
2: And Alien Bees is known for that. I mean, they, their customer service is just phenomenal. So absolutely a, a good good point to make. Cool. Before we get into the interview, real quick, uh, we're going to take a minute to hear from one of our favorite contributors at net, David, a.k.a. the Prince of Cheap, who has uh, an announcement to make about a new product that he's releasing Uh, In the form of a web magazine. So check this out.
1: light to us listeners, what is up? It's me, David Griffin, the Prince of Cheap himself. I'm just chiming in to announce the upcoming release of my new online magazine, Curvatura. It's going to be a creative magazine with one goal and one goal only. That's to entertain you guys. Just think of it as part fashion, part lifestyle, part journalistic, and part instructional magazine. You're going to get a taste of the back-end lighting, hair, styling makeup the stories even how we put the magazine together and a lot more that's going to be debuting right here at studiolighting.net december 9th photographers this is your opportunity so start submitting those 100k by jpegs to curvatura at yahoo.com so we can feature your work in the magazine we're accepting and looking at all types of submissions go on ahead get to shooting
0: this edition of The Late Source, we have with us this evening uh, portrait photographer uh, Brent DeShazer. Um, he's uh, been a listener to the show for a while now and uh, has an amazing portfolio of uh, senior portraits. Um, Brent, thanks for coming on with us.
1: Oh, thank you guys for having me.
0: Um, really cool portfolio. I'm just kind of looking through your uh, your site here a little bit. Um, it, one thing that struck me interesting was that the whole thing is built on the blog. Is that uh, something new that you've worked with?
1: Um, I've been uh it's I've had a blog site for oh probably a year and a half now. So um I'm actually uh using a older version of a popular uh theme called ProPhoto. Um but uh the newer ver- there's a newer version out that l- allows you to do more uh via the GUI in the back end side of things. Um but I'm fairly comfortable coding myself so I chose not to uh do the upgrade when that came out a couple years ago.
0: Gotcha. Now now how long have you been doing uh portrait photography
1: professionally? Uh, um probably around four years, uh, professionally as in um, you know, actually actively trying to cultivate a client base and, you know, obviously charging people for it. So right. um Yeah, right at, uh, I'd say right at four years. I've had the studio for, uh, since last February, I've been full-time since last October. Um, Actually started photographing people um, about five years ago um, after attending a workshop over in Kansas City with a friend of mine who's a wedding photographer. He dragged me to see this uh, crazy little Australian guy named David Williams who was putting on a, a seminar over in Kansas City. And, uh, he was a pretty famous wedding photographer and, you know, I don't really do weddings, but I went along. I always go to seminars if they're, you know, relatively inexpensive or, um, you know, I can, uh, think I'm going to get something out of it. Um, you know, so it was five or $600, I think at the time. And so for a two day seminar, which was pretty reasonable, before that, I had done sports and wildlife photography for a number of years. But, uh, you know, two days with Mr. Williams really kind of changed my attitude and about photography and, uh, you know, what it could could really mean. He's uh, an amazing photographer, but also a really amazing human being. And I try to give credit uh, to him whenever I get the opportunity. So
2: what was it about his, his presentation that got you thinking uh, that there was more to... More to the, to the trade than what you had already experienced.
1: Um, He had a a lot of, you know, pretty emotional stories and I, you know, don't, I I highly encourage anybody to take his workshops if you can. I don't want to steal his thunder a lot, but it was just the um, obvious emotional connection uh, that came across, you know, as he talked about stories and various, you know, people, including, you know, not having a photograph of, uh, you know, of his mother that, uh, you know, really had a huge impact on him. So, um, you know, just... You know, if you spend just a little bit of time with this gentleman, you find out, you know, he's just uh, a very genuine, down-to-earth, real human being who really, you know, connects with people and, um, you know, absolutely nothing, you know, fake about him. You know, just a, a real amazing guy.
2: That is cool. That is cool. What, what did you find most challenging, though, switching from photographing things and places to photographing people?
1: Um, you know the technical side of things I mean is always something that can be learned Um, you know I think for, at least from my perspective, fairly easily, you know, F-stops and shutter speeds and things like that. Um, you know, the big challenge for me was, you know, the the posing and finding ways to develop those connections with your clients, you know, to bring out the expressions, you know, and, and a natural um, feel from the portrait. Um, you know, even when you're trying to, you know, I tend to try and go um, with my high school seniors, you know, a little towards the fashion side of things, um, but still try and get those natural expressions. Expressions and, and connections with them, uh, you know, it's just the, a little difference in, you know, the, a twinkle in the eye that will pop up or a little cock of a head, things like that, um, that comes just from building that connection with them, as well as, like, you know, getting back to it, uh, the, as well as um, – the posing side of things as well that was you know finding learning about you know the best ways to position various body types and and things like that and that's something that i still you know work on and try to continue to improve even today
2: very cool what, what were some of the things though that you found that carried over well
1: um you know really the technical side of things and you know uh, Lighting, I mean, you know, light is light, you know, regardless if it's, you know, natural light. I mean, you know, obviously you modify it and shape it and position things how you need to be, you know, but at the end, you know, light is light and, you know, on sports, when I was doing sports photography or wildlife, you know, I mean, you always look to position yourself, you know, trying to plan where the light, you know, and that was usually natural light, but, you know, where the light was going to be, you know, at different times, knowing which end of the field was, you know, better to be at, things of that nature. You know, that's, you know, for me was, very much, you know. Again, light is light, and that se- seemed to you know translate over fairly easily for me. Very cool.
0: Well, one thing that strikes me looking at your pictures, I mean, I, you mentioned that you you tend to shoot towards the uh, the fashion style when you get to doing your um, to doing this work. Do you have a lot of um, uh, I don't know difficulty coaching you know high school seniors basically into doing poses that. You would typically expect that of uh, someone that's been modeling for many years.
1: Um, Sometimes, um, you know, it it will. It always depends on the individual. Um, There are, you know, some seniors that I've had who, you know, are absolutely amazing. I mean, they must, you know, practice in the mirror. You know, some of them have even had a little (laughs) bit of modeling experience. Um, But, you know, a lot of them are, you know, fans of popular shows like um, America's Next Top Model and Make Me a Supermodel and some of those types of shows. Um, And so, you know, they come in and sometimes they'll just, you know, right off the bat start hitting it. Um, You know, other times you've got, uh, you know, people who, you know, maybe aren't quite as comfortable or is confident with themselves um, and you have to take you know take that into account and maybe not necessarily you know go as far as you might uh, you know with somebody who was a little more comfortable with themselves.
2: Now do you shoot primarily in your in a studio you mentioned that you had a studio do you, you do most of your senior portrait stuff in there?
1: Um, you know, and this kind of goes back to, you know, again, the David Williams philosophy. I do, you know, I have the studio and it is there. Um, and I always do some simple headshots that a lot of times I'll use in composites. Um, you know, if we've got some bad weather or things like that, we'll do some things in the studio. Um, but I am probably, you know, 10 or 15% studio and the remaining 85 to 90%, um, Location work, Um, you know, for me. And again, I I don't think these days, you know, times have changed so much. um, You're really not going to, at least with most of my clients, engage them and get them excited about their, you know, senior pictures um, by putting up a wrinkled muslin background that's got some design on it and try to create some artificial environment. For me, the excitement really comes on locations. You know, and part of that comes, you know, with the consultation that we always do ahead of time as well to find out what like locations, props, you know, anything like that that they want to work with, you know, and try and uh, build from there.
2: You get your models involved in selecting locations, or do you have some places in mind, you know, ahead of time, and and does it vary, or do you have favorite spots?
1: Um, you know, I there in you know. I'm here in Topeka, and it's a town of roughly 120,000. It's not a huge town, Um, but uh, there are standard spots. Um, You know, there's a very popular lake. Um, There's a hill out on the main strip that overlooks Um, You know, where most of the uh, retail establishments are that, um, you know, when you photograph out there, you throw the background out of focus, it makes a nice effect with all the lights in the background and everything like that. And you get a lot of requests for those types of locations. Um, but what I try to do in my consultation sessions is really get the, you know, seniors thinking about, you know, what are some places that, you know, maybe have some meaning to you, you know, ask them, do any of your relatives own, you know, businesses, you know, would you be interested in doing some, you know, photos around your home, you know, like in your room or any special places, you know, around your home or yard that might have some meaning to you? Um, you know, is there any places that you like to go and hang out? Um, those types of things. So, yeah, there are the standard, Um, locations that we get requests for. But, you know, I also work with, you know, if they don't have any ideas or, you know, I mean, I photographed in art galleries and junkyards and, you know, rooftops and just different places that I can find, you know, here. And we'll do some traveling, you know, Kansas city is 60 miles away. So, you know, I'll go over to there. Um, You know, there's a couple other smaller towns, you know, with, that are 20, 30 minutes away um, that we'll sometimes, you know, drive over to just for something a little different.
2: So do you do you spend a day with a senior then or in, and their family, I guess, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, the way um I'm structured and set up is that yeah, am 90- ninety um, of my seniors choose um, what I call my, my model session. You basically, you get me for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, you know, we usually set a a starting time and that obviously depends on, you know, the season and the lights. You know, I'm really not much of a morning guy. Um, I know that's one of the sweet light times, but um, (laughs) you know, we usually start, you know, either, you know, late morning, early afternoon during the summer, um, you know, and then pick up, you know, the other sweet light time, which is, you know, sunset, Um, you know, sometimes like right now um, with it getting dark so early, you know, I've still, I've got another, you know, four or five seniors over the next week that I'm uh, still trying to wrap up, um, you know, and we're starting a little bit earlier um, just because uh, to make sure we, you know, catch the light that we need to. So
2: that's 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 pretty cool. Do you travel also then with uh with like a crew? Do you take assistants or stylists or anything like that?
1: Um yeah, we do uh, you know, um whenever we can we try and do hair and makeup um for the seniors, obviously, primarily the girls. Um you know, it's just, it adds to the whole experience, but that's usually done either at the studio um, or, you know, if my hairstylist happens to be uh, working at her studio that day, you know, we'll travel over there for the hairstyling. Um, but uh, we start out usually at the studio that way the senior can bring in, you know, all their outfits and everything. We look them over, um, you know, get at least makeup done and try to get hair done there as well. Um, depending on, you know, what's, uh Um, you know, what we've got as far as locations and ideas and things like that, um, I may have an assistant go with me. Um, you know, good, good example of that is I recently had a girl, um, who wanted, had a very specific photograph in mind. She wanted, we've got an old, um, old state hospital that's abandoned here in Topeka. And she wanted to take some pictures out there, but she wanted, you know, a big couch setting out in front of one of these buildings, you know, with (laughs) candles all around it and this type of thing. And, you know, I've got this great old kind of antique couch that um, I tend to use quite a bit um, that we were going to do, but there's no way I could lift it myself. So, you know, for that, yeah, I brought an assistant (laughs) with me to help me, you know, unload and load the couch back up uh, when we were done.
0: Nice. I had just pulled that photo up from your Facebook page and I was looking at as you were describing it. Um, and that's actually an interesting photo. Did, um, when you were lighting like the background and stuff, um, did you like color gel that, or did you do something really interesting to get this processing effect to it?
1: Um, yeah, that was, uh, um, the way that was lit was there was, um, I had two, um, uh, Hensel porty units, um, one on either side behind, um, that, uh, had seven inch reflectors on them. And then I had one with a red gel and one with a uh, yellow gel on it. So that's how we lit the background for that particular um, photograph. Um, And then I believe she was lit uh, with a video light. Oh,
2: okay. Well, let's talk about your location rig uh, setup then a little bit. When you take lights out in the field, do you, the Hensels that you mentioned are they continuous lights?
1: Uh no, they are uh 1200 watt second um strobe lights.
2: So you you have um, power packs and so forth out there or how how do you, how are you generating that kind of power?
1: Yeah, they are um they're battery operated, so similar to um like an alien bee with a vagabond. Right. Um, they're just designed for you know they're they're self-contained. Um, the the strobe heads are designed just to work with these porty packs. So That's and uh, they're battery operated. Um, the batteries are you know old lead acid style um, uh, alarm batteries actually. So whenever you need to replace <laughs> some good old batteries plus or someplace right. like that, I just run over to. So you can get uh, roughly about 250 or so full power pops out of the, each one.
0: Excellent. Well, actually, that's a good question. I was going to follow up with when you're on a when you're on a set like this and you're doing these shoots, um, you keep multiple batteries with you, I'd assume, because I, I think I probably pop more than 250 shots on it in a full day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have uh, I have two batteries for each one of the porty strobes, so um, that usually gets me through most days. Um, I also um on some of the trips we've done and things like that um i'll bring the chargers along and use um you know one of the inverters plugged into the you know cigarette lighter um to charge you know when i take one battery out when it's exhausted throw it on the charger when i put the other one in and it seems to charge fairly well uh just using that that scheme of the uh power inverter
2: sure um
0: there was a quote that i had seen on one of your blog postings where you were talking about um you were um you were Traveling to a location, and um you said that the the model and the parents were skeptical when you pulled over at a cornfield while you were out <laughs> finding locations. Do you do a pre shoot with, um or a pre drive around with your models or your clients and stuff, and and go and say that you know this is where I'm thinking we do this or that, or does something like that happen, like spur of the moment, and you go, ooh, let's go there.
1: Um, it'll happen spur of the moment, uh, which in that usually a lot of times if they've given me specific ideas or locations, you know, a certain park that they want to go to, um, I usually try and go out and scout that ahead of time just to get an idea, um, either manually driving around or sometimes I've been known to use, um, you know, even just use Google maps, um, you know, and, and try and check out kind of where the location is. Um, that particular location, actually what we were trying to do, they wanted to do, the initial request was to do like a wheat field or something like that. Um, and we kind of took out someplace with wheat or tall grass or something like that. So we took out trying to find, um, you know, a a field or two that had that. And the ones that I knew of as we drove by them were kind of cut down. Mm. So I had (laughs) pulled over. And talked to him, and it's like, well, let's keep driving a little bit and see what we find. And we got to the end of one road, and they pulled up next to me um, at a stop sign and basically said, well, she, she being the the senior, um, saw a big cornfield back there, and she wanted to try something in that. And I... I said, sure, and as we're driving towards there, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do in a cornfield? So <laughs> um, I wasn't uh, wasn't quite sure how I was going to pull that off. I mean, there's you know specific looks you can get sometimes with the wheat and the tall grass and things like that, but uh, the corn I wasn't quite too sure about.
2: <laughs> That's great. You so, you pulled it off, though, right? I think I saw some of those images as well. It pretty good.
1: Uh, yeah, they, they came out, they were very pleased with those. In fact, I was as well. Um, they came out, you know, and, and just looked, you know, really cool. Obviously that was with one of the, uh, porty units, um, uh, you know, overpowering the sun there and it just, uh, gave a real distinctive look. Were
2: those the ones with the sun? You can visibly see the sun in the, in the shot in the sky.
1: Yes. Was yeah. That
2: was Those are great shots.
1: Uh, thank you. Yeah, that effect has, you know, gotten pretty popular. You right. know, it's not something you can, um, you know, really do with, you know, your average, you know, go out to Best Buy and buy a camera real quick, so. That's
2: true. Now, the in terms of uh, modifiers in, in a situation like that, where you just, do you find yourself using large light sources or soft boxes?
1: Um, no, I usually use um, you know, fairly hard light sources outside uh beauty dishes and just plain seven inch reflectors. Those were done with a beauty dish. Very cool. Um, you know, the problem you get with softboxes and things like that, you know, at least here in Kansas with fairly flat, you know, land is any type of, you know, little wind that comes up, and, you know, <laughs> you're gonna be, you know, having a you know two thousand dollar strobe falling over on you. So wouldn't know so anything yeah. about that. I've- I I, I don't <laughs> know what he's <you've> talking about. <laughs> that matches more closely like when you're overpowering the sun and those types of you know instances um you know if i'm photographing with you know the porty you know one of the porty units in like an alley or something like that where there's some shade um you know for that very reason i might bring out you know a medium-sized softbox or something like that so So tell us a
2: little bit about the senior road trip
1: (laughs) Well, the senior road trip uh, was kind of my brainchild after reading, um, you know, uh, there's a popular author um, who writes a lot of books on marketing and kind of creative business thinking um, named Seth Godin. And uh, he wrote a book called The Purple Cow, you know, about trying to find, you know, something that's unique about you and different. And, um, you know, I actually kind of came up with that, uh, you know, while I was traveling one time, Uh, I listened to a lot of audio books while I'm on the road. And uh, that was the one that I've been listening to. And, um, you know, I just kept thinking, you know, what am I seeing a lot of? What could I do differently? Et cetera, et cetera. And I get a lot of requests, I think a lot of photographers do these days, from the seniors. They want to do something, you know, different. They want to do something that, you know, not everyone else has done before. Um, You know, they, they always like the, you know, the standard favorite, you know, spots and everything. But they always want to try and work in, you know, something you know, very, very different and unique for themselves. Um, and so, you know, I just got to thinking, you know, we could put together, you know, uh, something totally different, you know, and do road trips to various locations um, where they're pretty much guaranteed that they're not going to get, you know, pictures like any of their friends are going to have. Um, so, you know, I started uh, brainstorming with, you know, some of my creative team, my makeup artist and hairstylist and, you know, kind of talked about, you know, these senior trips that we thought might be kind Kind of need to do um so you know and go to different locations you know initially around the country um and take you know three to five seniors with us and do their senior photos there that's cool uh, so yeah something, you know, again, totally different. Uh, you know, when we do these, we did our first one. We went to uh, Miami and Miami beach uh, earlier this year and uh, had a great time. We had um, three girls with us on that trip as well as uh, my makeup artist and hairstylist uh, went with me. So uh-huh. um, we had a ball and, you know, had a lot of experiences, got some really neat and again, unique, you know, photos that uh, they're pretty you know guaranteed that none of their friends are really going to have.
2: Oh, that's really cool. That's a very cool idea. Is, is is that um? How long would that generally last? Would you guys be there for a weekend or?
1: Um, we, I usually figure you know at least uh, three days. Right. Um, and that's kind of what we're planning. We did, like I said, we did the first one to Miami, Miami Beach. Um, this year, um, the ones we're planning on for next year, uh, we're planning on one to uh, Las Vegas. Um, in fact, my makeup artist uh, and I went out there, um, here just a couple of weeks ago and did some scouting and test shoots while we were out there. Um, and then we're also going to try and do one out to the uh, Grand Teton, um, area, you know, out by Yellowstone, um, a little more nature focused one there. So mm-hmm.
2: now, would that be something that, you know, airfare and all that they would handle on their own, just kind of meet you guys there? <laughs>
1: What my preference is to basically do a trip fee and a minimum order, um, for these trips and the trip where the, the trip fee, you know, it's a one-shot fee and it's going to cover, you know, everything that we're going to do from airfare to hotel to, um, you know, generally a food allowance, um, as well as, you know, help to contribute for, um, any of the, uh, activities that we're going to be doing. So my Preferences generally for, you know, the the three or four days that we're there together um, to keep my team and all the clients together, you know, that we've got a block of hotel rooms, they're going to fly out on the same airline, um, you know, and kind of all be together. Um, we do, you know, obviously we welcome, you know, if any family, if they want to make a, you know, family vacation out of the trip, um, you know, we can have some flexibility in, in that regard. Um, you know, if they're going to bring family and, you know, come earlier, stay later and those types of things.
2: That's pretty cool. I, I I imagine that would really add to the sort of energy of the, of the whole experience and have them feeling pretty special as well. Uh,
1: yeah, you know, it's just, and you know, it's just I look at something like that and it's like, you know, what's the least amount of hassle that, you know, they can deal with. I mean, I, I, you know, if we're doing all the travel planning and making all the arrangements and things like that, basically they have to show up with a suitcase, um, you know, and uh, you know, meet uh, my makeup artist and hairstylist, you know, who get them through traveling. I usually travel um, uh, because I do carry so much of my equipment with me. Um, I usually drive to these locations uh, as opposed to trying to fly. So, um, my makeup artist and hairstylist usually kind of do the chaperoning, you know, through the, through the travel, um, and I meet them out there. So, but again, the idea is to make it, you know, just kind of a one-stop shop and, you know, no brainer, um, you know, everything's together. We make all those arrangements.
2: Very cool. Nice.
1: You know, I've had people suggest, you know, I mean, they always say, you know, it's, well, you know, There's, you can find makeup artists and hairstylists on, you know, model mayhem, one model place, you know, why, why, go to the expense of bringing, you know, yours out with you. And, you know, my my answer, my argument for that is that, you know, I'm very used to working with, you know, these people, um, and they do a great job on not just what they do with makeup bars and hairstyles, but they're very good at helping, you know, they even do a little posing coaching with me, um, but they also are great at preparing, you know, the girls, you know, get, you know, telling them how good they're going to look in their photos, you know, and things like that. Plus, there are a lot of fun, you know, to be around, uh, you know, they, um, they're a little bit younger than me. We kind of play the good cop, bad cop role. Um, (laughs) you know, I try and follow all the rules and make sure, you know, we're at places on time and things like that, you know, and then, uh, you know, Amber and Lindsay, uh, the two main ones that I work with, you know, tend to be a little, you know, more loose and, and, you know, have a little more fun with the girls. So, um, you know, it it works out well. Uh, like I said, our first one in on Miami Beach was an absolute blast. We learned a lot on that, um, and uh, we're already applying a lot of what we learned as as we plan for uh, the next two coming up next year.
2: That's great. Nice.
0: And I would imagine a, a service like this is a, a pretty decent premium for uh, for your customers as well.
1: It is. Um, you know, it's you know just from the very nature of it. it you know, it's got to be. I mean, at the you know just to cover expenses. You know, I've got, you know, all the airfare and hotel, you know, not just for the clients, but, you know, I have to provide for makeup artists and hairstylists and, you know, myself, obviously, as well. Plus, you know, the things, some of the things we do on these trips, you know, they're not inexpensive. You know, a few things we've got planned for Las Vegas that we're hoping to do is, you know, like one night get, you know, a presidential suite at one of the big hotels. I mean, one of the big, you know, two or two... 2,500 square foot rooms mm. and do like a real tour night that night, you know, but those rooms, you know, are twelve fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 a night. Wow. Um, you know, we want to, we're planning on renting, you know, a Ferrari or something of that nature while we're out there, um, you know, and that's five, $600 for half a day, you know, mm. to, to do that. Um, you know, limo services, a few hundred dollars. I mean, all of these things add up and their costs have to be incorporated into that to make sure we're covered
2: that's wild
0: and and you're not finding that it's it's difficult to sell any kind of a, a package like this in the in the, the current economy with things the way that they are right now are you I mean i assume that you're having a great time booking all of these
1: Yeah, I mean, things are going really well. I think we've got one committed for Las Vegas already. We're just now actually starting to market for that a little, um, those trips next year a little bit. Um, You know, we're actually, um, you know, you get, uh, you know, here in the Midwest, um, you know, we haven't really been hit as hard, at least in my location, by the economy in general, as what, you know, they've seen on some of the coasts and places like places like that. Um, but on the flip side, you know, they are kind of a high-end trip, and it, it requires quite a bit of upfront money, um, but, uh, you know, it's just a matter that also kind of helps to, um, you know, narrow, uh, you know, the target market for this. Um, we are actually planning, just because of the nature of the trip, I mean, technically, um, you know, we don't have to take um, just students here, you know, from the local area. Um, you know, we're going to, probably market this into, you know, start expanding the marketing on this a little bit, you know, and moving into, you know, maybe some of the Kansas City area. But eventually I could see us marketing this, you know, nationwide. Um, you know, it might be get a little trickier as far as arranging some of the flights and meeting people and things like that. Um, but, you know, if we put the infrastructure in place to, you know, handle and, and plan for those types of things, um, you know, we could literally market these to, you know, nationwide um, and throughout the nation, I mean there's definitely people spending this type of money, you know, on senior photos, you know, in some cases just, you know, from studio sessions with you know, some of the great name photographers. Right.
2: No, I think it's good. I think it's a really neat way to keep your business sort of in a different niche, which uh which is really important. And because you mentioned Seth Godin, I was also wondering he's written some other books about sort of building community, building following and, and a lot of the social stuff that's going on right now. Um, how, how have you taken advantage of some of that in your business?
1: Um, you know, well, obviously, I mean, you know, social networking, you know, Facebook and Twitter are the ones that, uh, you know, I probably spend the most time with, um, But, you know, and there's definitely some advantage. I've got some, you know, clients, you know, I'll ask them, you know, how did you find me? You know, and, you know, Facebook, you know, they'll tell me Facebook. But the majority of my, you know, clientele, you know, has come primarily from, you know, word of mouth, you know, marketing, you know, and getting my kind of particular look out there, you know, once the, you know, the seniors that have come to me start handing out um, you know, their, their wallets and things like that. You know, I don't even watermark my wallets, um, you know, with a studio logo or anything like that. Um, people seem to find me, you know, they, they like that look. Um, and it's kind of distinctive, especially in my area, um, for some of the things I'm doing, there's not too many, you know, photographers around here, you know, hauling around around the big, you know, battery powered strobes and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, so. But definitely, um, you know, community is and, you know, building up a community, but but doing it, I mean, you've got to relate to your clients, um, you know, and they've got to, you know, not just like what you do, but almost, you know, they need to like you. And once they do that, and once they like, you know, you and what you do, uh, I can't remember the term that Seth uses. Is it a is a sneezer or a dribbler or something like that. But, you know, they're just out there. I mean, they'll tell all their friends. I mean, I've had, you know, moms come in and it's like, Oh, you know, we're telling everybody about you. You know, we love what you do and we love your photos and, you know, we're just letting everybody know what a great job you do. And, you know, again, the seniors are out there handing out the wallets and it's like, Oh, who did, you know, who did your senior pictures? And so, um, you know, it's really, you know, this has been my first, full year in business. We wrapped up, you know, the first full-time year, um, here in October. Um, and you know, we learned a lot, um, built a really good base and, uh, you know, some of the things we put in place, I think we're really set to, uh, you know, really take off and, and grow even more next year.
2: Excellent. Have you found that a lot of the social media and digital images are important to your clients in this age group?
1: Yeah. I mean, Facebook images, you know, they're, they're huge. I mean, you know, they, everybody wants, you know, the Facebook images. They're almost a, you know, a digital wallet essentially these days. I mean, um, and so, yeah, the, the Facebook images are, are big. Um, you know, you get an occasional request. Oh, you know, can we buy all the pictures on, you know, CD or DVD or something like that? Um, And, you know, this year we weren't really prepared to, you know, address those requests. Um, We didn't really have that option available. Um, You know, obviously everybody knows, you know, the trick is to try and make that profitable, you know, you can't go out there and spend an entire day with a senior and then, you know, sell a DVD for $500 or whatever, um, and still, you know, run a profitable business, you know, and pay your, you know, in my case, I've got, you know, the studio rents, I've got, you know, the phone bills, you know, insurance, I mean, all, you know, taxes, all of these things, you know, that you have to take into account to actually run this as a successful, you know, business.
2: Right how have you handled that? How have you addressed the digital distribution of your, of your images?
1: Um, The face, you know, we size, um, if they reach, if they buy certain packages this year, or if they reach a certain bonus level, um, then the Facebook DVD is a, is a bonus item for them that they get. So any pictures that um, they've purchased, um, you know, then they can, uh, they get a, a small downsized image, Um, on the DVD that they can then post on Facebook as well. Um, That's primarily how, you know, and it's also available for separate purchase if they don't meet one of those bonus levels. Um, You know, they can purchase that DVD. But again, it's just of the images, you know, that they've purchased prints of um, uh, that we don't include, you know, all the proofs or anything like that.
2: Right. Very cool. Also, I was curious... In the in this session itself since you're especially on the ones where you're traveling and you're getting all sorts of different locations and lighting and uh, how at what point do you market the images to your clients do you do it in the same day or do you allow them to come back for that
1: um, y- yeah we do uh, uh, projection sale sessions um, at my studio. And so, yeah, um, you know, once we're done with the session, we try and schedule a time for them to, you know, come back and, um, you know, view their images. If they're not ready to, you know, make that decision or don't have their calendar or what have, um, you know, with them at that time, um, you know, we just try and get in touch with them um, or have them get in touch with us, you know, sometime within a week. So we can set a time for them to come back and look at their images on our projector screen and make their decisions um, in that sales session.
2: So you do do you take your time in processing the ones and making the selections and so forth when they're not with you.
1: Correct. We usually, um, you know, we the way we do it is we usually try and show. Um, we go through and process, you know, one or two or sometimes three of our favorite favorite images from each one of the outfits or locations um, that we've done. So they get a you know a selection and they kind of sh- you know get to see what a fully retouched and enhanced image looks like. Um, and then they see the rest of the, you know, the ones that we deem acceptable, you know, as kind of on-screen proofs. Um, so, you know, they're going to see roughly, you know, from one of my all-day model sessions, um, you know, we've got it down to somewhere between 120 and 150, you know, images. Um, you know, with somewhere between 10 and 15% of those um, have been what we call pre-touched they're, you know, already enhanced and, you know, essentially ready for me to, you know, I could, I could send those to the lab, um, and make prints of,
2: so. Very cool. Do you, you do anything special with the delivery of the prints? Do they, they come in at that time as well for pickup or special well, uh, packaging?
1: Yeah, it's something, you know, we kind of... Do um, there's no real special packaging yet? Um, You know, it's on. It's one of those on our to-do list as to develop (laughs) kind of some custom packaging. Um, You know, one thing we do offer though for our clients um, is after their ordering session. um, You know, once their order is uh, processed, you know, sent to the lab, and we get it back. Um, we call them and let them know, hey, your order's in. Um, do you want to pick it up, or would you like us to deliver that? Um, you know, again, it's just kind of another little personal touch where, um, you know, we'll go out and deliver their order to them, you know, either at their parents' place of work or, you know, at their home or, you know, wherever they designate. Um, so, and it's it splits about 50-50. You know, we have about, you know, half the people just say, oh, I, I work downtown where your studio is. I'll just swing by and pick them up and, you know, the other half really appreciate the, the delivery service. Um, you know, I delivered a, you know, a wallet order earlier today, um, you know, to, uh, to one of my clients. So
0: we, we've talked about the, you know, the special trips that you're doing. Um, we've talked a little bit about some of the Seth Godin stuff. Is there anything that you do, um, that that kind of brands you to make you a little bit more unique or um, I know the, I've seen this, uh, ask me to flash you t-shirt all over <laughs> your website. Sure. Um,
1: um, yeah, you know, I do, I try and do a, a lot of different unique things from, You know, the way I dress, um, you know, obviously there's, I basically, I've got two uniforms and, uh, you know, my my wife and daughters kind of give me a hard time about this because I've got these, you know, it's kind of, you know, like Einstein, I think, you know, had the same set of clothes every day, you know, just 10 (laughs) different sets. Um, Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, about 10 or 12 of those asked me to flash you, you know, T-shirts. That's kind of one of my uniform. I've got that that T-shirt, it's a black T-shirt with white lettering um, and, you know, just jeans um, that that's kind of my uniform when I'm out actually on a photo session. So regardless of, you know, where I'm at or what, you know, what I'm doing, that's kind of my, you know, my shooting um, uniform, so to speak. Uh, When I'm not in that, uh, my, my other uniform um, is I've got some nice uh, dress jeans, um, a black polo shirt um, with a, uh, black suit jacket. And then I've got some custom made, uh, Chuck Taylor Converse shoes, um, <laughs> that are with my, uh, they're, they're bright orange and bright blue. And on the side, they've got the custom writing that says I flash you on them. So nice. It's, you know, it's really funny to see, you know, I'll be, you know, walking through a store or, you know, at my rotary meeting or something and just kind of walking along and you'll see people kind of look at me you'll mm-hmm. see their eyes dart down for a minute once they, you know, once they see those shoes and then they pop right back up. So, but it's just, you know, it never fails. They see, you know, that and those shoes just catch their eye. They look down and then they look back up at me and, you know, I've had people, you know, in just random stores, you know, recognize me, they'll come up to me and, you know, say they either see the t-shirt or they see the shoes and they say, you know, hey, I saw you photographing, you know, out at the lake or, you know, on a rooftop or, you know, whatever it happened to to be. So, um, you know, it's just kind of, uh, you know, one of those things that kind of goes along with, you know, I mean, if you read all these books on sales and marketing and branding and things like that, you know, kind of building that identity up. So, and from what I've seen so far, it appears to be working uh, pretty well for me. That's great.
0: I was going to ask if you have many people that, uh, that get offended by the, the line on the t-shirt, but I guess it kind of helps you, uh, sort out the people that would, probably have a personality that fits to work with you
1: <laughs> well and you know what's really funny it's kind of a joke but you know uh, you know a lot of people will you know see the t-shirt you know and read it and then they'll give me this funny look and they'll say you know ask me to fly i don't think so or something like that <laughs> and my, my response usually is well you know wh- what are you thinking i'm, I'm just a photographer <laughs> you know? <laughs> you must have a dirty mind or something like that. It's usually good for, you know, a, a, a fun little chuckle there. Or so, and once they realize the photographer portion of it, um, you know, they usually lighten up quite a bit. So, <laughs> but it, awesome. uh, it does get a reaction.
0: You need to turn like the O's into like umbrellas or something. Like
1: that. <laughs> good idea.
2: <laughs> you had mentioned that, uh um but you were looking forward to doing a prom this year and before we began the recording the show. Um, what are, what are some of the ideas that you're, you're thinking about that? Like, how are you going to have to change your, uh, your approach for that sort of a, an event setting?
1: Um, you know the big the big, big key there will be you know in a prom type situation you know it's gonna be hard for me to resist the urge i'm I'm the type I like every photo that gets presented to a client to be absolutely perfectly retouched mm-hmm. and you know something, um, and in prom and you know sports event type photography and those types of things that are kind of high volume. Um, you know, essentially, you have to make sure that your lighting is right, your exposure is dead on. Um, but they're usually, you know, it, there's just because of the volume that you're going to be doing, you know, there's not time to go in and do a full enhancement on every particular image. Um, but yeah, the prom. You know that we've we've definitely been contra- contracted to do. Um, you know we're really excited to be doing that, um, and even that we're going to try to kind of throw a different spin on some of the things that we're going to be doing for that prom. Um, the theme for that is going to be a masquerade ball, and so we're actually going to be. Um, I'm actually going to have my, be working with my hairstylist and makeup artists. And actually we're going to work with several, um, and actually provide hairstyling and makeup for the prom. Um, so they won't have to go out to, you know, the makeup counters that, you know, or do their own or these types of things. And on top of that, not only just standard makeup, but, uh, my makeup artists, they can actually create, um, masks in, um in with makeup and even put little jewels on and things like that and really go with the masquerade ball theme. Mm. Um, So yeah, you know, again, just trying to, you know, whatever we do, how can we take this, you know, kind of to the next level? Um, You know, the other thing we're going to be doing, uh, I think I'm still working out uh, all the kinks in the system um, is being able to, you know, post those um, post the images that we take, to Facebook, you know, in, in almost real time. You know, as soon as the you know the um photo is taken, we'll be shooting tethered um and have those download automatically process out to a small JPEG and then have that uploaded and um you know tagged on Facebook. So uh just a couple of different uh different little ideas.
0: That's great. That's a very cool approach to it. By the time they wake up the next morning from the prom they'll be able to go on Facebook and see their photos
1: absolutely yep
0: or even
2: from their mobiles right
1: <laughs> yeah i mean they could be out on you know with a smartphone you know out there provided uh you know that they could you know get uh you know edge or 3g access or whatever yeah they'll be able to um you know to go out and check those out you know virtually like i said almost in real time so exactly. Okay. Cool.
0: one other thing too is I'm, I'm looking through your portfolio um i noticed a number of underwater shots um do you work with a, a pool that you have like at your studio area or do you do different areas and uh, what sort of um, technical challenges do you deal with when you're doing something like this?
1: Sure. Um, yeah. The underwater, you know, photographs were a big hit. Uh, you know, I've got to give credit to, uh, you know, that I- actual idea to, uh, you know, Kirk Beauclain. He's a real popular uh, uh senior photographer down in Homo, Louisiana and uh, that was an idea that I actually borrowed from him uh, so I'll give him credit here but it was new to my area nobody else was really doing that around here um, I've got access to a couple of different pools um, for doing the underwater um, shots my uh, my primary makeup artist amber her parents have let me um, they've got a big saltwater pool you know with a real neat tiki deck all around it and everything that we've been able you know they've been kind enough to to let me use for a number of my sessions um and i've also had several uh, seniors who had their own pools um that we were able to uh um you know we just did it at the, at their house at their pool so uh technical challenges uh, there's there's many um you know i'm actually you know a lot of people when they started you know they started doing this. They were just using a little, you know, G10 or G9 with the, you know, little Canon underwater housing that you can get for those. But you know, they struggled with, you know, noise and you know, resolution and just the fact that you know the quality on something like that from those small sensors, you know, is never going to be, you know, what you're going to get out of a digital SLR. So the other end of that spectrum is you could go with a full, you know, underwater housing, you know, and spend, you know, fifteen hundred to dollars for a housing for your, um, you know, digital SLR. I kind of found a middle ground on that in uh, using the AWA Marine. Um, they make an underwater bag, uh, and that's essentially everybody sees it and just kind of laughs and can't believe that I'm actually throwing my, you know, 2000 uh-huh. $2,500 camera into this, you know, essentially big, the overly box. thick black bag, <laughs> exactly. Um, but it hasn't let me down yet, and, uh, you know, we've, I've been using it, uh, you know, I used it all summer, and uh, it worked out really well. So um, some of the technical challenges you face, you know, underwater, um, you know, obviously exposure, you know, is a big one. And especially with the AO Marine bag, you can't really access or change the controls once the camera is in there um so you know you've kind of got to you know you're you're dealing with lighting you're dealing with a lot of the reflections from like if you've got direct sunlight hitting um the top of the pool you're going to get kind of those weird you know lines on the bottom and sometimes on you know your subject as well um so those types of things you have to uh you know kind of take into account usually what i'm doing is is setting my camera up you know, with generally, I set the I am using the camera with um, my SB900 flash in the AO Marine bag, and so generally, what I do is I set my camera to um, its maximum sync speed, which is 1/250th on the um, D700 that I use. Um, and then in shutter speed priority mode, so that it's going to act, you know, select, um, you know, a shutter speed. And then I, depending on if it's a bright sunny day versus if I'm, you know, or if the um, sun is past the the trees, the tree line, and so we're getting shade, um, I'll I'll kind of correct my um, uh, I use my ISO um, to balance out the rest of the exposure and set anywhere from you know 200, 400, 800, somewhere in there usually.
2: That's very cool and I would think that salt water would hurt your eyes to open them underwater.
1: <laughs> well, I've got goggles on,
2: yeah, I' am thinking of your subject
1: <laughs> um actually, you know it's it's actually it's pretty pretty easy on the eyes, it's I the, think, even easier than than the chlorine pools It would be are. like
2: saline, I guess,
1: yeah,
0: actually so. actually a uh, a friend of mine bill has a that's pretty close to us, has a saltwater. Um, pole to control their pH, and I have a lot less problems than I do with a chlorinator pole.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll have to take your camera and put it in a zip ziplock next time. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking about what's going to
0: happen at uh
2: at uh Ann and Bob's house next this coming summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, you you mentioned that you shoot with a Nikon uh, a Nikon body. What what are some of your favorite lenses though for portraiture?
1: Um, you know, I am very much a 70 to 200 guy. Um, you know, that's, that's been my, you know, on the 35 millimeter systems. Um, you know, I shot Canon for a number of years, um, and use the 70 to 200 2.8 IS, um, on that system. And I use the 70 to 200 VR, um, 2.8 on the Nikon system. Um, you know, it's probably on, on the body 90% of the time. Right. So, that's my kind of preferred go-to lens on the Nikon system.
2: I was just curious. You can almost recognize the, the bokeh in some of the images of of, certain (laughs) lenses you look on. Absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful, uh, beautiful shots that you're pulling out there, man. Oh, well, thank you. You mentioned that you guys check outfit selections and so forth. Does that affect much how you, um, how you handle color in your images? (laughs)
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it'll affect what you choose for backgrounds, as well as, you know, background locations. Um, and it even affects, you know, decisions as far as makeup. I mean, we usually try and, you know, get an idea of, you know, what the colors, you know, their outfits are, um, so that we can better match the, the makeup um, to those outfits. So uh, any, you know, from both, you know, color to the actual style of you know, what the makeup is applied.
2: So, so when they change outfits, then is there is there sometimes opportunities then for you to completely redo the makeup, or you try to plan that stuff in a in a sequence?
1: It's it's usually planned in advance. Um, you know the the initial makeup look. Um, is done to try and best coordinate with the the widest variety of their outfits, because um, usually once we get going, we really don't have a lot of time to you know change up something like you know the makeup um, for my standard. Now that's for you know my standard all day you know model sessions that I provide for the local seniors. Um, you know on the trips where I've got my makeup artist and hairstylist with me, you know all day we do uh, we are able to take a few more liberties with that and change. It up um, between locations or between you know outfit changes and things like that.
2: Excellent. And I, I noticed also as I'm just kind of looking through your portfolio that you you uh, you've done some really great things with with backlighting. Is that something that you you experiment with a lot or
1: um, some? Uh, are there specific shots that you're I, I thinking guess, of?
2: I guess many of these are outdoors, so it almost seems it almost seems like you're, you're just taking advantage of the fact that this, the sun is from behind.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, definitely again, that's, you know, lighting one one kind of positioning. Um, but yeah, I do like to, if I'm going to be photographing them, um, you know, in full sunlight or trying to overpower the sun, you know, you usually put that behind them to, you know, try and get that, that rim light, um, and where they're lit from the other side, you know, or, you know, from the side, um, with the, with one of the strobe, portable strobe units. Um, you know, but even on, you know, what I've taken to doing quite often these days is, um, you know, even in nighttime situations or, you know, cloudy situations, um, I picked up one of the little gorilla pods, And a lot of times I'll stick my SB 900 on that and put it uh, behind them to give that edge light. Um, You know, that's when I'm trying to balance. Usually when I'm trying to balance, you know, the strobe with you know the daylight or the ambient lighting. Um, But I'll put that little SB 900 behind them, and it just gives that you know little edge, you know, rim light. Um, and a little separation, um, and something again that you just don't see um, in a lot of other you know photographers using around here.
2: Very cool. Do, do you end up introducing reflectors much, or or bill cards, or anything?
1: Um, some. Uh, you know, I've got. Uh, you know, a California sunbounce reflector, you know, that I, I like quite a bit when I do use a reflector. Um, There's certain situations, a lot of times I'll be u- using that, and, um, you know, for some of my alley shots and a lot of the headshots and things like that. Um, but in general, I, I don't use the reflectors a whole lot.
2: Is, is the Nikon then your primary body? Do you, do you introduce any other format cameras or anything like that throughout some of your sessions?
1: well actually it's kind of the reverse believe it or not the nikon is actually my my secondary um system uh you know as far as i know i'm one of the only uh you know portrait photographers at least in this you know part of kansas or and missouri um that's actually using a a medium format uh digital system um for mm-hmm. for my portrait work so um, I've got a, a Phase 1 uh, AFD body, which is essentially it's the uh, Mamiya AFD-3 um, 645 body um, that was rebranded for Phase 1. And then I've got a Phase 1 P30 digital back that I put on uh, the back of that. So um, that's Actually, my primary camera system that I like to use, um, you know, it's used almost 100% in the studio. Um, on location, it's used quite a bit. The only time, you know, obviously, I, I, that's the one that I don't take underwater. Right,
2: you wouldn't want that Yeah. <laughs>
1: But, uh, you know, I also, you know, the, the downside to that is that the ISO performance, you know, is not nearly as good as well as, you know, the autofocus system. So once I start getting into low light situations, um, you know, or shooting at night, um, quite often uh, I'll bring the Nikon system out just because it's a little more more accurate and, and easier to work with in those types of conditions.
2: Wow. Now, the P30 back is, uh, is what are the file sizes that you generally get out of something like that?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think the raw files here, I'll try and, uh, Just to they're huge, Bill. They're what they huge are. compared
2: yeah. to, compared to a DSLR, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> this is true. I mean, they are, you know, they're, a. uh, it's a 31 megapixel file. Wow. So, you know, some of the DSLRs are actually getting up, you know, to write about, uh, you know, those sizes. I know, you know, the latest bodies from Canon and Nikon, um, you know or 24 megapixels and plus in some cases so um you know resolution wise um some of the digital slrs are getting up there um but uh still the, the uh you know you just can't believe until you've actually <laughs> photographed and and seen the difference in the files um, you know, it, it's something once you see those medium format files come up on your screen and, you know, the amount of detail and sharpness that's there, um, you know, just, you know, there's not an anti-alias filter on, on the front, um, you know, so you're inherently your images are a little, you know, are sometimes substantially sharper, you know, straight out of the camera. Right.
2: That's great. So. Well,
0: speaking a little bit about being medium format, when you're shooting with uh, like a Phase One, do you, are you mostly tied to say the the Capture One software, or do you deal with uh, like say Lightroom or something like that?
1: Um, Lightroom will process. Uh, I think the the Phase One files. Um, I actually do use. Uh, when you buy a Phase One digital back, um, essentially you you get a license to use um, the Phase One software. It's actually the Phase One DB, which is essentially Capture One Pro. Um, sorry, it's Capture One DB, which is essentially the pro version that will only operate on files from digital backs. So oh, okay. for instance, I can't open up my my D700 files with the version of Capture One that I'm using. Um, so I usually, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm still torn on, on how I want to go on this, but uh, right now I actually, I process... All the Phase One files in Capture One, and all the D700 files are processed in Lightroom Two. Wow. eventually, I'd like to unify that uh, workflow a little bit. Um, I know there's a, been a recent beta of Lightroom Three out. Um, there's also Capture One Five that was recently released that uh, I haven't had time to um, you know uh, play with either one of those systems yet. Each system, you know, each application has its its strengths. Um, you know the local adjustments on lightroom are obviously very nice um but the the color accuracy and and the processed files coming out of capture one um just to my eye just can't be beat
0: wow. yeah i've i've had some good luck playing with it and i've uh i i i just haven't gone that whole route just because i my whole workflow is so nice and easy inside of uh Inside of Lightroom, but the few images that I have done with the the beta versions and things like that at Capture One are just, uh, they're just outstanding photos.
1: And, you know, I mean, I guess workflow is is the key there. I mean, it, it comes down to, you know, once you establish, you know, your process for, you know, taking the images from start to finish. I mean, my, you know, I usually process... You know, process. I always photograph in RAW and process in Capture One and Lightroom, um, and then the files that come out of there, you know, are usually um, brought into Photoshop um, for for editing. So it's just that, you know, initial use of two different applications for processing two different sets of files um, that probably adds a little time to my workflow, um, but right now i'm just i'm very i'm fairly satisfied with you know the quality that i'm getting um from each system so i'm sticking with it for now
2: cool right. well Brent, before, before we go uh you there's something that you you mentioned that was was unique and i thought i wanted to ask you about it tell us about the time capsules that you that you mentioned that you have inside of your studio for seniors
1: Oh <laughs> um I'm I'm assuming you're talking about uh the little capsule machine the cap the
2: uh, capsule machines
1: yeah and essentially if anybody's gone to you know generally to a grocery store or something like that um you know you see these uh, you know, on your way in or out. They're usually by the, the door. Um, you know, there's this little rack of little machines where you can put a quarter or 50 cents or whatever in, and, you know, you get little toys or candy or balls or things like that. And, you know, this is one of the things that, uh, you know, I I purchased one of these um, you know as just a little bit of a a little touchstone um there in the studio something else for you know my clients to interact with so i've got this little you know cat toy capsule machine in here um and i i bought 250 i think of the capsules that had you know some little alien you know rubber alien guys in there <laughs> for the toy but i throw a couple of pieces of candy in there um and then i've got a little button machine that i make um uh, you know buttons on them that have you know popular quotes from movies and t v shows and things like that, um, but some of them also have you know they 'll have like you know twenty five dollars off or your you know your um or they'll have, you know, oh. a free set of wallets or something like that. So, you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot, but again, it's something <laughs> for, you know, my clients to come in and it's, it's, you know, it adds to the overall experience, which, you know, for me is, is very important in, in this day and age. Um, you know, it gives them, it's, again, I call it a little touchstone, but it's something that they can go and do and add to their experience that, you know, nobody else is really, really doing. So that's really
2: That's really cool very neat
1: <laughs> i haven't seen anybody else doing that one yet anyway
2: that's awesome <laughs> well tell, tell us then also where can where can people see some of your images
1: um well my my website is uh deshazerstudios.com um And that actually will redirect you to um, my blog, which I run my main website off of, you know, off of a WordPress blog. Um, I haven't been doing the best job at keeping that updated. I I will go for a while and be really good at keeping, you know, latest images updated there and then stall out for a little bit as the workload kind (laughs) of picks up. Um but uh, also my my Facebook sites, um I actually have uh two different pages for my business. It's uh you know just Facebook.com slash DeShazer Studios and then there's also facebook.com, um forward slash senior road trips. So uh those have information. The DeShazer Studios is, you know, my general website and then the senior road trips um site is dedicated, you know, with images and, and information on, on the trips, both the ones we've done and the ones we have upcoming.
2: Very cool. Well, friend, thank you so much for sharing with us tonight. And, uh, it's it's been a, it's, it's been really interesting just hearing how your unique approach to your business and, and how you've really, um, you've really made a good business for for yourself there. So thanks for sharing some of that with us.
1: Well, again, thanks to both of you. I'm absolutely, uh, thrilled to have been asked to come on. So I've been a long time listener. I think you guys do a great job and, uh, you know, appreciate the opportunity.
2: Well that's all we have for this episode of Light Source. The brightest podcast on the internet. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode and all the other light source episodes at the website studiolighting.net. And you can also send us an email comment at studio at gmail.com
0: when you can send us comments, questions, or just images that you'd like us to see.
2: And if you really want to get involved with some of the other listeners to the show, you can head over to the Light Source Flickr Group at www.flickr.com slash groups slash light source you can post your images and get feedback on your photography as well as seeing the things that we're taking pictures of
0: and as always if you missed any of these links our quick outro here you can find all of that and more at www.studiolighting.net
2: till next time bye bye